73 here, so it's not too bad. Okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, the humidity has been really bad the past couple of days, but today it's actually kind of like, oh, okay, this isn't like being inside of a sock. This is all right. Mmm, <laughs> delicious sock. Mmm. <laughs> that sweaty, that sweaty sock weather is just what we all, just what we all want and need in our lives. <laughs> Hey, hey everybody welcome to sweaty sock talk uh that's the new name of our podcast we've rebranded my my name is lynn and that's all i got sweaty sock talk what's it's hard to say actually sweaty sock talk you did good thank you i tried <laughs> and my name is shannon and before i do anything i ask myself would an idiot do that? And if the answer is yes, I do not do that thing. <laughs> what is that from? I know I've heard that before, but I can't think of what it's from. It's from The Office. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good one. It just it's feels like my... an Office quote. Even even if I didn't remember it somewhere in my, in my brain meets. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a good one. It's one of my favorites. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah. It's it's another toasty, toasty day out there in the summertime, everybody. It's been humid and gross on the on the East Coast. It, yeah, it my my least favorite of all weathers the the hot damp. <laughs> yeah, the hot damp. My hot my damp. met is kind of the it's it's a favorite of a thing that hates me, and that's mosquitoes. I fucking hate oh, mosquitoes. They're bad. I, yeah, they they fucking love my sweet taste. And like every year, I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna get West Nile this <laughs> year. <laughs> oh, what's gonna happen now? I know it. It's the time. I feel I know, coming. I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> happened for you know 33 years of my life, but this year, that's gonna change. This is this is the year. This is the year. <laughs> I was actually looking, because I'm like, I, much like you, I'm like, why? I feel like mosquitoes like me more than other people. So I was, like, yeah, trying sure. to look into reasons why mosquitoes uh, bite certain people. And there's, like, a little bit of research on this. I, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to regale you all with the very basic things that I found out on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Enlighten me. I've Number never one is apparel. Um they use their eyes to navigate to target victims. Uh, they are highly visual, especially later in the afternoon, and their first mode of search for humans is through vision. Research shows that wearing dark colors, green, black, and red, makes you easier to spot. Which, you know what? Oh. Fuck me. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, makes sense. So, people who wear dark clothes, probably gonna get bit. Um, that makes sense, and I'm so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad curse you and your and your good taste in clothes mosquitoes curse you and your fashion they target the goth the, and i they're always everybody be targeting the goths you know always and always picking on us always picking on us and another big one's blood type they apparently like i have no idea what my blood type is honestly i cannot remember <laughs> um since the last which you know side note i can't remember if i've mentioned this before it was a really big deal when i went to japan Everybody was like, oh, yes. what's your blood type? And I was like, I don't know. And they were like, you don't know? It's, it's a big deal. That's so weird. Yeah. It's like knowing your star sign out there. They... Yeah, because they always ask it if you play, like, imported Japanese, like, dating sims. Like, your yes. blood type. You always have to enter it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a very specific, like, it's, it's yeah, it's it's akin to us asking, you know, oh, are you a, you know, what's your star sign? Uh, what what year were you born in? It's it's that level of like, oh yeah, you know, it's your blood type. What's your blood type? I can't so I don't funny. fucking know. But maybe it's type O because apparently type O blood uh, people are found to be almost twice as attractive to mosquitoes than those with type A blood. And type B was somewhere in the middle. So. I mean, I guess I can't fault them. Like, people have favorite drinks, right? I guess, so, like... yeah. <laughs> Maybe the type O blood's just tastier. It's a good vintage. It's a delicious vintage. It's a finely roasted bean. <laughs> My blood is a finely roasted caffeine. 
Uh, and I think I think those are like a couple of the big ones that I didn't know about. There were some other ones that make sense. So like gas, they like carbon dioxide and we breathe out carbon dioxide. That makes sense. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Heat and sweat. I think we all knew that one, that they, they dig that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if your your skin is a little bit more, has more like uh, bacteria on it or just like close to the surface level, um, they dig that because it's just kind of a natural thing that our, our dermal layer is kind of full of biotic goodness. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Not my biotic goodness. Not my biotic goodness. <laughs> and then the other two that don't really apply to me are, are pregnancy and beer. I, not neither of those things are really I'm big on. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, maybe I'll, I'll have to wear less black in the summertime, which sucks. What what a bunch of jag holes! I'm not I'm not cool with that. Right? I'm not cool with that. So I was a little <laughs> bit upset to learn that it's probably my clothing that is making me clothing in my blood. They always at <laughs> they always got oh, me. Oh, my, my two downfalls. <laughs> <laughs> my greatest weaknesses. My greatest weaknesses. The Achilles heel of my clothing and blood. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it, I don't like them mosquitoes, but it was interesting to learn that uh, little, little tidbits of information. Yeah, that is kind of cool. I never knew any of that stuff. I never actually thought to look it up. I just kind of bemoan that, you know, Yeah. they're drawn to me. Yeah, exactly. It's my curse. My, my gift and my curse. My gift and my curse. <laughs> I'm never I'm, alone, but I'm always itchy. But I'm always forever itchy. Forever and itchy. <laughs> the how about you, Shannon? How was, your, how was your stuff going? You got a fun meh of the week for us. Yeah, you know, the, the week was pretty good. You know, not, not too shabby. We watched Army of the Dead, which totally got a bad rap, and it's really fun. And nice. if you have... Two hours to kill and like zombies. Check it out. I'll have to watch it. It's got lots of action and lots of gore and Dave Batista's in it. So like, it's there's worse ways to spend an evening. Right. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it could definitely be worse. And I played a super cute new game, which I know I mentioned to you before, called Best Friend Forever. Yes. Uh, it's it's on the Switch store right now. Um, I don't think it's on sale anymore, but it's not terribly expensive. And it's a super cute dating sim where you move to a new city, adopt and train a dog, and then try to, like, find a, a charming single to fall in love with. That is it's, very cute. Yeah, it's got very chill vibes, like, really good representation. You can choose your pronouns. You can romance anyone you want. And it's just, like... A really like chill, relaxing game to play before you go to bed. So nice. That's great. Yeah, yeah, nice little indie game. Yeah. But uh Oh, I think I mentioned to you too, I don't think I mentioned it on the podcast, but I've been um playing Wildermyth a bit. Yes, yes. And um it's it's been in early access for a while and I think earlier on it had a lot of bugs, so a lot of people were turned off early, but it's now in a pretty good state, so if you were thinking about checking it out, check it out. It's if you like D and D, if you like kind of that, I forget the name of like a, a, a strategy, like very XCOM like strategy position your units sort of gameplay. Um, yeah, okay. it's a lot of fun. Okay. I highly recommend cool. it. Go check it out. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned that. That sounded dope. Yeah. Uh, my my met of the week is sort of similar to yours. It's something that's kind of, it's more of a seasonal thing that we deal with around here. And my met of the week is power outages. Oh no! Did you have a power out? Uh, we did. We've had um a couple little spurts. I mean, like with Tropical Storm Elsa making the rounds, we've been getting like a ton of severe thunderstorms yes. and. Losing power is always just such a bummer. Like, it's mm-hmm. not the biggest deal in the world, but if you're in the middle of cooking dinner or gaming, you know. Yeah, like, it sucks a butt. And also, like, with how hot it's been, yeah, we're relying on the AC and the fans to keep not just ourselves cool, but, like, our fur babes, too. So, yeah. like, you know, there, there was one night where, like, everything went out at, like, 2 in the morning, 
and I woke up drenched in sweat to our dog Aowen just like sitting over top of me just panting in my face like mom 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 it's hot mom excuse me (laughs) excuse me (laughs) excuse me mom I don't have sweat glands mom (laughs) fix this please and then you know there's always that moment where like at like four in the morning everything whooshes back on and it fucking scares the shit out of you yeah like full blast (laughs) yeah which is great for my anxiety um (laughs) but you know big props to all the hard-working linemen out there who are you know out in the middle of the night in shitty weather to get it fixed again so y'all rock if that's what you do um yeah so it's not the biggest deal in the world but it it's just it it's super annoying and just a big pain in the butt. So that's my meh of the week. It's also got a great terrible name. Like I love I love that it's called like brownouts when it's like <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> the the twelve year old child inside of me which is always there and will never go away is always like hey <laughs> brownouts. <laughs> yup. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I agree. They suck. I haven't, you know, knock on wood that I don't think I have near me. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've been pretty good without having any kind of power outages or anything. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Even it's... when I was in Japan, like during typhoons and stuff, never really had a power out for a long period of time. And it was, it was good. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Go, go Japan. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, let's let's move on into into our uh, our crushes of the week, Shannon. I think I started last time, so if you would like to start this time, yeah. Um, so I had initially planned to focus on someone else entirely, and like I did a bunch of research and like all my notes and stuff, mm-hmm. and then Bobby and I were watching an episode of The Nevers. And this person showed up, and I yelled, oh, my God, I fucking love her. (laughs) Um, So I decided to switch my crush of the week. So this week, my crush is Claudia Black. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I She's one of those people that, like, I love her so dearly, but then she won't do something for a while, and I'll just kind of forget about her. But Right. She popped up in this episode, and she is true to form playing a badass soldier with kind of like a gruff demeanor. Yay. But a heart of gold, which is kind of my shit. It's a good time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. She fits the MO of my badass babe prerequisite, so. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, I first encountered her, as probably a lot of people did, on one of my favorite sci-fi shows, Farscape, which is yes. basically... Muppets in Space, for those who don't know, please fucking watch it. It's so good. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, uh, she played Aaron Soon, who's a Sebation peacekeeper officer and pilot. And her performance on that series just, like, bought her a place in my heart forever. Um, she was also in Stargate SG-1, and she was in Pitch Black with my boy Vin Diesel. Yay. I like Stargate um, as well. Stargate makes me happy. It's a really fun franchise, and I feel like it doesn't get as much love as it deserves on a a wider range. Like, there's a very devout following for it, but there's not, it's not like people who love Star Trek love Stargate, or people who love Star Wars love Stargate. It's almost like it's its own thing, and there's not a lot of overlap that I've found, but it's fucking great. Like, Mm. and that's, Stargate Atlantis is where Jason Momoa came into my my life oh, yeah. so thank you <laughs> came into my life <laughs> my very dear friend jason momoa who lets me dangle from his arms yeah um like you do like you do um, <laughs> <laughs> um anyway claudia black is also an awesome voice actor uh she has been in video games such as uncharted destiny gears of war uh, she was in our beloved Mass Effect. She plays matriarch Athena. Okay. Yeah. Um, and she's in my personal favorite game series, Dragon Age, where she voices Morrigan. Yeah, the Morrigan's pretty... Death. I fucking, like... I hate Morgan, but in the best way. <laughs> like, she played he's... such a douchebag character, and I love her for it. 
she did she's such a good foil to everything else that goes on in that series like she's such a well-written morally gray character and it's fucking great and audio black's performance in that is so good and I, I remember when she first showed up in Inquisition and you heard her voice before you saw her. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I had a heart attack. I was like, whoa, what? 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 Yeah. yeah. She has such a, like, a distinctive, memorable voice. And she she's always just like these strong, powerful female characters. And I dig it. Yes, um, absolutely. She's from Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Uh, she can sing and play guitar, and she actually appeared on the debut album of Paul Goddard, who's a fellow Farscape actor who played Aww, the character. That's awesome. Yeah, um, she's just she always plays directly to my type, and especially with the characters of like Aaron Soon and Morrigan, uh, there's a current of vulnerability that runs under their rough exterior that like you can tell that there's a certain loneliness and sadness that comes from them not being able to rely on others and oh, yeah. having that layer makes them feel super relatable um and a fun fact in dragon age inquisition depending on your personal game world history morgan can have a son and the son in the game is voiced by her real life son odin which i thought was cool oh that's so cute yeah i thought that was like super super cute so I mean, you know, she's cool, and she's a fucking stunner, and she always plays really strong women who could fuck you up, and that's why she's my crush of the week. Yay! (laughs) Really strong people who can fuck you up. We share that. (laughs) I have have a type. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a good type. (laughs) Oh, you 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 can protect me and beat things up? Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Yes. Yes. I'm in. I'll take ten. Also, you're sad? Cool. Wonderful. Just (laughs) great. Cover all my bases. Yeah, covered covered everything. Thank you. Much appreciated. Thank you. So how about you, my dude? Who's your your crush this week? My crush this week. I, I did a little bit of a theme, and I think you'll figure it out when I go. I think you'll figure it out when I say who my crush is. Because you'll definitely figure out who the D&D is. Um, so, I, I'm i just going to say that I picked uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I can't remember if I've done him before. I don't care. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm very excited. Fuck yes, Benedict. I, Fuck yes. I, I just love him so much. I, I, I forget what got me into, like, thinking about... Um, I, I think just in general... No, you know what? I know what it was. So I watched The Room... Uh, last night, which I haven't watched in a long time with some folks, which was very fun. And um, we had watched it on YouTube because we couldn't find the DVD. And uh, Like you do. Like you do. Like you do when you're old. And uh, <laughs> we, the, one of the recommended things um, was uh, if, if the room was like the Avengers thing. And oh my god. I really highly recommend everyone to watch it. It was it was a very good like mashup of scenes from the room and like end game stuff and it was very funny. Um Oh, that's amazing. I I no spoilers, but uh Denny is Spider-Man and it's <laughs> The um the uh the the where's my money Denny is just Thanos throwing around Spider-Man and it's very good. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Wiseau lives his life as if he is an Avenger, so... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, it's on the fucking money, like, they're not wrong. Yeah, exactly, so, you know, naturally that got me to, like, being like, yeah, man, the Avengers stuff is good, makes me smile, and then going, yeah, haven't talked about Doctor Strange in a while, haven't talked about Doctor, haven't talked about Benedict Cumberbatch in a while, and, (laughs) you know... Because, I mean, that was, like, my impetus for this was, like, I really like him as Doctor Strange. He would not have been my, like, first choice to play that character. But Same. Same. Yeah. Like, fucking knocks it out of the park. Like, I, I never would have thought of him initially, but now I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. He has a habit of doing that with characters it, who he plays. Um, 
he's a fucking stellar. He he's won the Lawrence Olivier Award. Like I don't know how else I can say that. Uh, yeah, he's a fucking good actor, my dudes. Does a lot of yeah. good impressions. Um, is just a incredibly talented and like awesome individual who is yeah played some iconic roles. Um, from our buddy Doctor Strange, he's been you know Sherlock Holmes. He's been yeah. uh, Richard the Third, who he is related to apparently. Oh, that's dope! He is uh, the third cousin, 16 times removed from uh, King Richard III, <laughs> who he played in The Hollow Crown. Um, he played Alan Turing. Um, he's been in a ton of Shakespeare Company stuff. Just an actor with so many chops. All of the chops. All so of the many place. chops. So many chops. So many chops and so many cheekbones. And, you know... It's, <laughs> As a fellow cheekboned individual, I appreciate his contributions to cheekbone society. Um, thank you, sir. <laughs> thank you, sir. <laughs> I tip my hat to you. Uh, yeah, he's currently like married to a friend who he had known for like seventeen years before they got married, and it's Aww. just like that makes me feel the warm and fuzzies. You That's know, adorable, right? Yeah. That just makes me feel good about stuff. Um, yeah, I, but yeah, my my first big, I mean, I think my first big introduction to him was through Sherlock Holmes, which I saw the first episode on a plane going over to London, ironically enough. Oh, shit, that's so cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, ever since then was kind of like, yeah, he's a cool dude, and then he ended up being Doctor Strange, and I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for this. That's fucking sick. Yeah, I recall him, like, doing a, 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 going to, like, comic book stores in New York City around the time when they were filming things and just being a good egg and talking to people in the, in, in the Doctor Strange voice, in his very good American accent, like. <laughs> it's so disturbing how good it is. Yeah. He's, he's got a, he's got a, you know, freaking Hugh Laurie level of, oh, oh, you're not American cool yeah yeah cool, like cool. <laughs> it i heard him first you know with his normal voice like you did in sherlock but it wasn't unsettling to hear him with the american accent like it that also seemed completely natural which doesn't happen yeah yeah exactly it's like oh yeah no this is fine this is fine you're good um yeah he fucking great he's fucking great uh he's big he's hugely involved in a bunch of different charities a lot of lgbtqia charities um a lot of just like uh what is the name of it it is a it's like a charity involved with um vulnerable young people from like the age of 10 to 30 and helping them get through stuff just a a lot of yeah um did the save the children to aid syrian refugees after um you know, UK government's response to the whole, that whole situation, and Mm -hmm. while he was performing in Hamlet, um, would regularly give, like, little speeches at the end of, you know, a curtain call, and was, would ask for donations, and they ended up raising, like, 150,000 pounds for saving children, which was really cool, um, yeah, he's a very chill, good dude, who just kind of lives his life, and, does things for the sake of doing them. Um, I remember this too, back when they were, um, in South Africa, that he was, he and a couple of his friends were abducted after bursting a tire and were held at gunpoint. And eventually their abductors drove them into, uh, unsettled territory and set them free without explanation. Cumberbatch said of the incident, it taught me that you come into this world as you leave it on your own. It made me want to live a less, a life less ordinary. And uh, and they were apparently listening to How to Disappear completely by Radiohead during this, which is fair. What the f- Just, you know, <laughs> or right before the sitch, the sitch happened. And, yeah, I, I like that perspective that he kind of got out of it. You know, well, stuff happens. The world kind of exists, and you're, it's going to treat you the way, however the way it wants. So, you know, do your things live a life less ordinary and I like that and I like that as a sort of judgment of how you can do things it's not about the the breadth of the things that you do but 
you don't you don't have to be just ordinary and regular and, and live your life in that position. You can just, you know, you can be a big fun weirdo, and that's what we support on this show. So that's why Benedict Cumberbatch is my uh, crush of the week. Oh, that's so good. He's so good. And he was also one of my favorite dragons, so yeah. that's fucking cool. He was a good Smaug. He was a good Smaug. He was Khan. He, he's been so many things. So many things. He's been in so many different movies. Like... It's so funny, the synchronicity of stuff. Like, yesterday, I was watching some videos on YouTube, and randomly one popped up of an interview with him where the interviewer got him to do impersonations of his fellow Avenger actors. Oh, that's so good. It was really good. His Mark Ruffalo... And, like, they they were like, we're going to get you um, to do impersonations of them doing random things. So it was, like, Mark Ruffalo taking out the recycling... And it was like the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, he can, he's like he, <laughs> he's like the new king of celebrity impressionists. It's yeah, it's really it's good. great. Oh, such a good bean. He's, oh, got, a, I'm so he's good. got a good Alan Rickman as well. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. I just he's very good. He just seems like a good, just a good egg. He does, like, like to I, say hello, I sir. I appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Right. Thanks for being a decent human. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, apparently, and like this has to be a British thing. Uh, in British, <laughs> uh, he has since been called the thinking woman's crumpet. In British English, the thinking man's crumpet or thinking woman's crumpet is a humorous term for a person who is popular with the opposite sex because of their intelligence and their physical attractiveness. And <laughs> I love that. I love that phrase, just the thinking person's crumpet is makes me smile. So That's fucking excellent. Cause it's so true. Like it's not like I look at him and I'm like, hmm, he's he's a big strong. Like Right. It's just like, like oh, yeah, you're you're smart and, and, cool. and good and I like you. <laughs> you you are cool and physically pleasing. Much I like a crumpet. You. Much like a crumpet. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I'm so going to use that phrase from now on. Right? You're you're a crumpet. You know so what? good. You're just a you're just a delicious thoughtful crumpet. So fucking good. Oh, the best. That was a good one. I really like that, dude. Thanks, dude. We both had some good nerdy ones today. Yeah. So so yeah, that kind of like I mean, I'm just going to say that my D&D is is Doctor Strange. Because, um, <laughs> like, I don't think I've done a Doctor Strange before. I, I, back in the day, I was making a character for myself, for my one of my own games that was based on uh, Doctor Strange. And didn't oh, get to no. play it that much. I think we only got up to, like, level four. We, we, we didn't get to play it that much before, you know, the pierogi happened. And <laughs> that's what happens. Sometimes a pierogi happens. And, you know, it's not always a great potato dumpling. Sometimes it's, it's bad. Sometimes it makes everybody stay in their houses for almost two years and counting. <laughs> you know, but that's that's the way it is. So, so, yeah, I thought actually building a proper Doctor Strange would be fun, and it's something that I can build as level 20 and, you know, fulfill my dreams. So, Do it! I'm so excited. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm a human because he's a human. There's nothing yeah. particularly, you know, not 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 special about him. He's very special, but, um, you know. Like, he's an exceptional human, but it's not like, you know, he's calling down the lightning because yeah. he's the god of thunder. So. And, you know, he started off as a very basic dude, just as, you know, I am very smart and a doctor and really good with my hands. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's that's kind of like, okay, cool. Good for you. High dex, high intelligence human. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is is and I mean, yeah, that's that's basically what happened with this build. And uh <laughs> I I did I did halvesies and halvesies. I did half monk, half wizard. Um very cool. I dig that. And I actually used the critical role content to do the cobalt soul monk. Fuck yeah. Because they're very good, um, and a lot of their stuff is involved around, like, 
um, you know, your hits being able to, like, extract aspects and, and learn about your opponent as you're fighting them, and... Yeah. It's a very, like, big brain monk kind of situation, so that totally. was... Yeah. yeah. That, that was what I decided to go into. So I went... I did monk first, because okay, the proficiencies cool. are real nice. Um, you get simple weapons as a, as a proficiency, which is nice, and, uh... Doctor Strange, whenever he kind of summons a weapon, has some ability to use it. Like, he's got good, just, abilities in general to do these things. Um, yeah. And you get good skills to start off with Monk. I chose Acrobatics and Insight. Um, I gave him Alchemist Supplies because it was the closest thing to doctory stuff. Uh, yeah, you know. that tracks. And uh, you get unarmored defense, so when you're not wearing armor and not wearing a shield, your AC equals 10 plus your dex modifier plus your wisdom modifier. So, yeah, his AC ends up be with that in mind, his AC ends up being 16 at a base level, or 18 nice. to start with, which is really That's nice. That's fucking awesome. Monks are really good, and they're really fucking hard to hit. Um, they're great. I love monks. I know I've said it before, but I love monks. Um, <laughs> they're awesome. Uh, and you get to use martial arts as a monk, which again, it's Doctor Strange, so it fits. Um, yeah. You're using dexterity instead of strength for attack and damage rolls, which is real nice. Um, you can roll a d4 in place of normal damage of your unarmed strength or monk weapon. This die changes as you gain monk levels, as shown in the martial arts column. Um, and when you use an attack action with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon on your turn, you can make one unarmed strike as a bonus action. So you can, like, attack with your weapon and do another unarmed strike, which is nice. We we always love the hit-hit. That's so good. Yes, bop-bop. <laughs> um, and you get key, which, again, fits the whole idea behind the martial arts that Doctor Strange learns. Um, yeah. As a refresher for it, you get key points as a monk, which um, match your monk level. And you can use those key points to do different actions. So uh, something like Flurry of Blows, where you can take an attack action and then spend a key point to make two unarmed strikes. So just pop, pop, pop. So good. Uh, Oh, you can do patient defense, which you spend a key point to um, basically you, you take uh, take the dodge action as a bonus action at the end of your turn. So you can do all your stuff and then take patient de defense and be ready to dodge out of the way of something. So good. And step of the wind, where you can take the disengage or dash action as a bonus action, which is real nice. Yeah, get out of there. <laughs> Especially when, again, you're pretty squishy. You got high decks and you can usually dodge out of the way of stuff, but you know... You're my I dumped I dumped Constitution, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctor like Strange did. didn't do well in that car crash. He's not. <laughs> no, not so much. That that didn't pan out well. That didn't really work out for him. Uh, you know, just saying. Sorry, bud. <laughs> so yeah, I took way of the Cobalt Soul at third level. Nice. Um, you get deflect missiles at third level as well, uh, which you use your reaction to deflect or catch a missile when you are hit by a ranged weapon attack. Um, the damage you take from the attack is reduced by 1d10 plus your dexterity modifier, and if you reduce it to zero, you can catch the missile, and and you can, like, spend a key point to, like, throw it back, which is real cool. Uh, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, monks are awesome. <laughs> monks are fucking great, and I love them so much. Um... And at third level, um, you get Extract Aspects, which is part of the Cobalt Soul um, mm. monk way thing. Um, you strike pressure points to gain information about your foe, granting you insight about their combat ability. When you hit a creature with one of the attacks granted by your Flurry of Blows, you mark them as Analyzed. Whenever an Analyzed creature misses you with an attack, you can immediately use your reaction to make an unarmed melee attack against that creature. This benefit lasts until you finish a short or long rest. Uh, in addition, you learn the following attributes, attributes about the target. Damage vulnerabilities, damage resistances, damage immunities, and condition immunities. So, nice. you basically hit them and you go, I know 
things about you. <laughs> I know your secrets, friend. I know all of your secrets. This is really good. Um, you get slow fall at fourth level, which again, you reduce your falling damage equal to five times your monk level. Um, you get an extra attack at fifth level. You get stunning strike at fifth level, which you can use yeah. a key point to try and stun uh, your opponent. They have to make a constitution saving, saving throw or be stunned until the end of your next turn, which is real useful. <laughs> it's very useful. Um, like that. Yeah. Starting at 6th level, you get key empowered strikes. Um, your unarmed strikes count as magical for the purpose of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks or damage. Which is nice. Right. So, yeah, you're not just hitting with your fists anymore. Your fists are magic. Um, you upgrade your unarmored movement at 6th level. Your speed bonus increases to 15 feet when you are not wearing an or armor or a shield. So you move fast. <laughs> Speedy mover. Speedy mover. Uh, at 6th level, you get Extort Truth, which is, again, a Cobalt Soul thing. Um, you can hit a hidden cluster of nerves on a creature with precision, temporarily causing them to become mentally malleable. If you hit a creature with an unarmed attack, you can spend one key point to force them to make a Charisma saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is unable to speak a deliberate lie, and all Charisma checks directed at the creature are made with advantage for up to 10 minutes. You know if they succeeded oh, no. or failed on their saving roll. So you know if they succeeded or failed, which is nice. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really useful. And I also made Doctor Strange's charisma fairly high. It's not his highest uh thing, but you know. He's he's pretty he's pretty charismatic. He's he's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know, he's kinda jokey and sarcastic, but like in a in a way that makes you be like, Yeah, you're alright. <laughs> yeah, you're piece of shit, but you're alright. <laughs> um, at 6th level you get Mystical Erudition which um, is another Cobalt Soul one um, which teaches you extensively in history or lore from the monastery's collected volumes uh, you learn another language and you gain proficiency with a follow, uh, skill choice of arcana, history, investigation nature and or religion um, and you can double your proficiency in one of those skills if you want if, you, if there's not a new skill that you want to pick. I, I picked history because it was one of the ones that we didn't have and it made sense for him to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, you get evasion at 7th level. Your instinctive agility lets you dodge out of the way of certain area effects. Uh, when you are subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, you instead take no damage if you succeed, which is really nice, and you only get half if you fail, which is good. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, seventh level, you get stillness of mind as well. You can use your action to end one effect on yourself that is causing you to be charmed or frightened. So you can just like take a minute and, you know, center yourself and get rid of one of those effects, which is great. That's awesome. Um, you improve unarmored movement at ninth level. So you can move along vertical surfaces and across liquids on your turn without falling during your move, which is fucking kick-ass. <laughs> so cool get to become a Naruto, which is great. <laughs> um, you get Purity of Body at 10th level, which makes you immune to disease and poison. Heck yeah. Very good. And you get Unarmored Speed uh, gets another upgrade at 10th level as well. Um, it increases to 20 feet instead of just 15 feet when you're not wearing armor or a shield. Nice. And then... We did 10 levels in Wizard, and nothing too exciting happens with Wizard. Um, I went for the evocation tree mm -hmm. that made the most sense, really. Um, basically lets you do more with your spells and have good control over your spells. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it, I was like, this is, this is a good one. Um, so you get, at second level, evocation savant, beginning when you select this school at second level. The golden time you must spend to copy an evocation spell into your spellbook is halved, which is very useful. Yeah. Um, you get sculpt spells at second level. You can create pockets of relative safety within the effects of your evocation spells. When you cast an evocation spell that affects other creatures that you can see, you can choose a number of them equal to one plus the spell's level. The chosen creatures automatically succeed on their saving throws against the spell, and they take no damage if they would normally take half damage on a successful save. Heck yeah. Which is good. Especially yeah. when you're fighting with a bunch of nerds, like like you do with the Avengers. 
That's what happens. They're always fighting some nerds. He's a bunch of... They're all, they're all up in there doing their thing. There's so many of them. Gotta be careful. Gotta so be careful. many. <laughs> um, <laughs> you get potent cantrip <laughs> at 6th level. Uh, your damaging cantrips uh, affect even creatures that avoid the brunt of the effect. When a creature succeeds on a saving throw against your cantrip, the creature takes half damage uh, from the cantrip, but suffers no additional effect from the cantrip. So even when you miss it or they make the save, they get the damage from it at least, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then the big one at 10th level is you get Empowered Evocation. Uh, you can add your Intelligence modifier to one damage roll of any Wizard Evocation spell you cast. And our Intelligence is 20, so, you know, it's good. Yeah. That's He's good. smart. He's, He's smart. smart boy. Um... I'm not going to talk about all the spells that I gave him. Um, just some some important ones that I think. Um, I grabbed a lot of movement spells like Blink and Dimension Door. Oh, and, fuck yeah. Yeah, things that I thought would be very useful for the whole movement side of thing. Lots of lots of teleporty fun stuff. Yeah, um, and that, that makes Contact sense. another plane, things like that. Yeah, for sure. With their fucking sling rings, like that totally tracks. Yeah, so I pretty much grabbed anything that I thought fit under that sort of teleportationness. Um, Very cool. Gave him fly because of the cape. You know. Yeah. We got to make sure that we have fly. Uh, it's very important. <laughs> we love his best friend cape. We love, love his cape. best friend cape. Um, and I tried to give him a lot of like some of the illusion spells as well. So things like hypnotic pattern. Um, yeah, hallucinatory terrain, where you get to make yeah. like mazes and things for the creature that kind of slows them down. It just it fits the aesthetic, and I like it. Yeah, very cool. That's really rad flavor. I dig it. Thanks. And and then you know, in terms of like damagey spells, I tried not to pick anything that was directly elemental because that's not the shape that most of his spells take. So. I tried yeah. to take more arcane looking spells like magic missiles and, you know. Yeah. Things like that. Very cool. It's like, uh, there's this good psychic glance from Unearthed Darkonda. Uh, Rolothim's Psychic Lance, which is a fun Ooh. one. Yeah, so things like that. Stuff that I felt fit the bill for his sort of magic. Yeah. Because not a lot of D&D stuff kind of fits that. It's very, like, elemental-based when you're talking about uh, damaging spells. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to actually look into... If I get a chance, I'd like to pop into some... See if there's some homebrews for some cool spells that fit that sort of situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Um... I chose the sage background. I, I did um, two skill proficiency, bleh, skill proficiencies and two languages, um, which I did custom background for because I wanted to give him a perception proficiency that I think okay. he would have gained from the monks there because that's, yeah, yeah. kind of a big thing. Well, I mean, you train with the ancient one. You you learn some shit, so. <laughs> exactly. And, and there was no other opportunity for me to grab... Uh, perception so i wanted to yeah definitely get that in there yeah um, that track yeah so i chose for some characteristics i think a lot of the um characteristics in sage fits um particularly i'm used to helping out those who aren't as smart as i am and i patiently explain anything and everything to others yeah yeah he's he's the smartest person in the room almost all of the time yeah and he knows it, but not to the level that a Tony Stark knows it. Right. That's why the scenes with both of them are so interesting, because it's like, you are the exact same type of person, and you fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's, it's great to see those the two of them and be like, yeah, the same person, but also very different. It's very cool. Yeah. Like, they, they don't like the mirror that they see in each other. Yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true fucking great um i picked um for the ideals logic emotions must not cloud our logical thinking and knowledge the path to power and self-improvement is through knowledge um yeah. which 
which are lawful and neutral characteristics, which mm-hmm. I found interesting. Um, yeah. Bonds. I work to preserve a library, university, scriptorium, or monastery. Um, I, I, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, he's, he's, you know, taking the role of the ancient one once the ancient one passes away. Like, he's, you know. Right. He, he is the, you know, the penultimate, the ultimate wizard. He is, you know, he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, like, in, in Endgame, the ancient one tells Banner, like, he was to be the best of us. So. Yeah. Exactly. Like, even, <laughs> even, like, the, um, what the heck is the name of, like, that embodiment of the the universe uh, that he oh. fucking talks to. Dormammu? Yeah, Dormammu and um, Eternity also calls him uh, more powerful by far than any of your fellow humanoids uh, and the mightiest magician in the cosmos. So that's, you know. Like you do. Yeah. Like you do. <laughs> like you do. Get called by the sentience of the Marvel Universe. You know, he's he's hot shit. <laughs> they recognize. Yeah, we rec- game recognize game. <laughs> and um, I picked, I mean, the only one that it has also is it is my duty to protect my students. It's his duty to protect the world now, basically. And, yeah. Yeah. He accepts that as his role and understands that as his role, so. Yeah. Um, for flaws, I mean, other than being a bit conceited. <laughs> I, I speak without really thinking uh, through my words, invariably insulting others. Um, yeah. yeah. Doesn't do it out of a purpose. He's just, he just knows he's hot shit. And yeah. Yeah, he's not malicious. He's just stating facts as he sees them. And sometimes your feelings are hurt. <laughs> right. And he don't give a fuck <laughs> if that happens. Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah, I mean... Definitely in his earlier days before um, he started his training and all that fun stuff. Definitely a chaotic, neutral situation. Yeah. But I don't think he's actually a, a necessarily a good, maybe a neutral good, but his his role at this point is sort of to preserve balance, and he's trying to do that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it, it's... I, I want to say chaotic, but good, but I don't think he actually belongs in that spot. I don't think it's necessarily good that he's concerned with. Like you said, it's just the balance. So, like, it's not like he's protecting all the weak people because it's the right thing to do. It's just so that they don't get overrun by all the strong bads. Like Exactly. He has a very logical and like yeah. that brain way of looking at the problem yeah yeah exactly so yeah that's dr strange he's a half monk half wizard all sassy boy oh so good i love dr strange i i need to like watch that movie again i don't think i own it so fucking good but it's a, that's right it's a marvel so it's a disney now so i can like just watch it again i keep forgetting that i have disney plus yeah, yeah, watch it. Get it. Get it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? What'd you do for your D&D? Uh, well, at the suggestion of my husband, my D&D this week is based on Dwight K. Schrute, assistant to the regional manager at Dunder Mifflin's Scranton branch. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he likes bears, he likes beets, and he likes Battlestar Galactica. I mean, don't we all? Well, yeah. I mean, at least the best of us. <laughs> uh, so for race, I went with a D&D homebrew called the Ursine. The Ursine are bear-like humanoids believed to be descended from bears that were originally from the Fey Wilds years ago and mated not only with bears, but also humans. Fey bears. I think you also did this for, um, did you do this one for Fozzie or did, did you do something different? Um, that was an awakened bear. Oh, that's right. Woke bears. Yep. Yeah, woke bears. <laughs> um, they're they're similar, but there's there's some some differences with like their stats and stuff. Okay. Um, they are a muscular and intelligent species, and they can don armor. They can run on all fours or their hind legs with equal ease. 
They are known for their interest in law and justice, and their wisdom and neutrality are universally recognized. This does not, however, mean that their benevolence is always the outcome. So they're just, they're kind of interested in what is the correct thing to do, not necessarily if it's good or bad, it's just the right thing to do. Okay. So they're, they're a little morally gray. Um, and they are beings in tune with nature, but also technology. So it's a very, you know, Dwight volunteer sheriff sort of <laughs> computer nerd vibe. Yes. So um, <laughs> as an Ursine, you get plus two to your constitution and plus one to strength. You get a feature called Thick Fur. So while not wearing armor, your AC is 13 plus your constitution modifier. Nice. You may use a shield and still be granted this bonus. You are unaffected by any effects of extreme cold. Nice. Uh, you also get powerful build, so you count as one size larger for your carry capacity and what you can push and drag and lift. And sharp claws, your claws count as natural weapons, which allow you to make unarmed strikes. If you hit with them, you deal slashing damage equal to 1d6 plus your strength mod. So nice. instead of blunt damage, it's slashing damage. That's cool. Um, and you are durable, and your max HP is increased by 1. And you can speak and write common and beast, which is kind of cool. That is cool. So... Um, for class, no one can tell me that Dwight is not a fucking warlock. I will hear no, <laughs> no argument. <laughs> Dwight is a warlock. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's, he's a fucking warlock. Um, so as a warlock, you have proficiency in light armor and, uh, wisdom and charisma saving throws. Uh, two skills. I picked investigation and nature. He's a fucking beat farmer. So, yeah. Um, at first level, you strike your bargain with your otherworldly patron. Dwight's patron is Michael Scott, who <laughs> is probably as much archfey as you can get as a human. Uh, his <laughs> motives are often inscrutable and whimsical. So, it's <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so uh, his archfey patron, Michael Scott. Um, you get two cantrips and two spells. I picked Eldritch Blast because when you can pick Eldritch Blast, that's what you pick. Yeah, every, you gotta have an Eldritch Blast. It's important. Yeah, um, and Prestidigitation just because it's it's super useful. Yeah, um, would be good for pranking Jim. So yeah, uh, for spells, I picked Illusory Script because uh, he's all about surveillance and secret messages and forming alliances. So that would come in handy. Yes. And then I picked the arms of Hadar. You invoke the power of Hadar, the dark hunger. Tendrils of dark energy erupt from you and batter all creatures within 10 feet. Each creature must make a strength saving throw, and on a failed save, they take 2d6 necrotic damage and can't react until their next turn. That's good. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Uh, on a successful save, they take half damage, but suffer no other ill effects. Um, you can use that once every long or short rest. Um, and if you use it at a higher level, the damage increases by 1d6 per level that you use it. Nice. Uh, at level 2, you get Eldritch Invocation, and you can choose two Eldritch Invocations. I picked the Mask of Many Faces. Dwight has a wig for every single person in the office, so I <laughs> yeah. figured that would be good. Yeah, um, and absolutely. Eyes of the Rune Keeper, which it lets you read any kind of writing. So nice. Yeah. Uh, at third level, you choose your Pact Boon. So I chose Pact of the Chain, which allows you to learn the Find a Familiar spell and cast it as a ritual. Dwight's familiar is a sprite who looks suspiciously like his cousin Mose. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, at fourth level, uh, you can increase one ability score by two or two ability scores by one. I did charisma and constitution by one because as a warlock, that's your bread and butter. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, at level five, you can learn another Eldritch Invocation, and I chose something from Tasha's. Um, and the prerequisite was that you have the Pact of the Chain, and it's called the Investment of the Chainmaster. 
When you cast Find Familiar, you infuse your familiar with a measure of your eldritch power, granting the creature the following benefit. It can gain either a flying or swimming speed of 40 feet. As a bonus action, you can command your familiar to take an attack action. The familiar's weapons are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunities or resistance. If the familiar faces a creature, if the familiar forces a creature to make a saving throw, it'll use your spell save DC. And when the familiar takes damage, you can use your reaction to grant it resistance against that type of damage. Nice. So that's that's kind of dope as fuck. Yeah. Um, at sixth level, um, with an Archfey patron, you can get Misty Escape, which allows you to vanish in a puff of mist in response to harm. And when you take damage, you can use your reaction to turn invisible and telepe- teleport 60 feet to any unoccupied place you can see. You remain invisible until the start of your next turn. Yeah. Uh, that, that you can only use once every long or short rest, which makes sense. That seems like it would be very taxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty powerful, too. It's like, as if, yeah. God, goodbye. Uh, at 10th level, you get beguiling defenses, and you're immune to being charmed. And if someone tries to charm you, you can use your reaction to attempt to turn that charm back on them. Oh, so like they that. have to succeed on a wisdom save, or they will be charmed by you for one minute or until they take damage. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Charm me. Charm, charm you. Me. Charm you. Uh, at 11th level you get Mystic Arcanum and you can choose one 6th level spell from the Warlock list. I chose Mass Suggestion which lets you suggest a course of activity limited to a sentence or two that magically influences up to 12 creatures of your choice that you can see within range. The course of action has to sound reasonable so you can't ask them to stab themselves or throw themselves off a cliff but you can get them to do something that sounds like it would be a good idea. Yeah. Um, each target has to make a wisdom saving throw, and on a failed save, it will pursue the suggested course of action. The effect lasts either until it's completed or 24 hours. Um, if it's in a 7th level spell slot, it lasts for 10 days. If it's an 8th level, 30 days. And if it's a ninth level, it will last for a year and a day. Oh, dang. <laughs> Just make someone live their life a whole different fucking way. Yeah, for a whole year. For a whole year. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I feel like this spell was kind of made for Dwight. Like, what better way to control his co-workers? <laughs> so true. And maximize productivity. <sighs> um, at 14th level, you get Dark Delirium. So you can plunge a creature into an illusory realm. And you choose a creature you can see within 60 feet. On a failed wisdom save, it becomes charmed or frightened. Your choice. Um, And you can do that once every short or long rest. Nice. Uh, At level 20, you get Eldritch Master. And you can spend one minute chatting with your patron for aid to regain all of your expended cell slots. So. (laughs) I love love how that would work. (laughs) Hey, 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 bro. Hey, bro, I'm, I'm real tired. Can I just, like, chat for a second? Can, can we just have a little conversation? Maybe I, maybe I get some more magics? <laughs> I, it's just, it's, I don't know why it's so charming and cute, but I just, I really like the idea of, like, you trying to talk to an all-powerful being. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, dude. Just, thanks for all the magic, but maybe... I'm a, little, maybe... I'm a little, like, spent right now. Can you, like, help me out? <laughs> So good. So good. Um, so for background, I went and I chose another homebrew one because none of the none of the regular ones seemed to fit. And I actually found one for farmer, which nice. Um, it gives you skill proficiencies in animal handling and nature, and you get a feature called of the land, and that gives you a practical knowledge of astrology and meteorology, and you can easily figure out what time of day it is. Uh, what time of year it is, and you can also predict the weather to within a few hours. Nice. Uh, you also understand the connections between different plants and animals. So that would be kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, for traits, um, from the Ursine list, I randomly spout bits of Ursine knowledge, sometimes at the most inopportune times. That's 
he is nothing if not full of ill-timed info drops. Like, that's <laughs> kind of his shit. Um, and then for ideals, uh, I do what I'm good at because what I'm good at is good for me. And for Bond, someday I'll be the lord of my own land. No. Oh. <laughs> he just wants to be the regional manager. That's all That's he wants. All. That's all. Uh, and then for flaws from the Ursine list, I picked, I am generally distrustful of anyone I don't know, but I protect those I do know to a fault. And that's yeah. his whole thing. Like, he, he doesn't really like anybody, but then once he does like you, he will like you forever, no matter what. Yeah. Um, even if you're not that great. Because let's face it, Angela's a piece of shit, but yeah. he loves her. So, hot take, sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Welcome to Shannon's hot take. <laughs> Angela's a shit. Um, Angela's a piece of shit, I hate her. <laughs> Do I deserve better? <laughs> you should have been with Isabel. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, for, for alignment... Uh, this is actually the first character that I've ever made with this alignment. Uh, I went with lawful neutral because interesting. He he wants everything to be in order and he wants everything to be taken care of and to cover every foreseeable problem. But he's not particularly compassionate or morally judgmental. Like he's not protecting the weak and punishing the wicked. He just wants things to run efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that definitely. Yeah, um, so that's Dwight K. Schrute, Lawful Neutral Ursine Pact of the Chain Warlock. That's great. I love it. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I, I had, like, a couple of different options, and I just, I didn't really know what to pick, and Bobby was like, if you ever done Dwight, you should do Dwight. That's like, great. Okay. <laughs> that was a really good idea. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, so dude. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, dude. Things on did another uh, another thing. We, we both picked very lawful, like or neutral people this time. Where we're usually yeah, at. which is kind of funny because we're we're chaotic good stands. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like one hundred and ten percent, absolutely. But I was like thinking about it. I was like, oh no, my best boy. He's not a chaotic good. <laughs> it's always so surprising, right? Like, oh no, he's not, is he? No. Yeah, I did the same thing with Dwight. I was like, he is not a chaotic good at all. But I really like him. Right? Yeah. What's going on here? Liam O'Brien, what have you done to me? <laughs> how, how have you done this to me, sir? How have you made me enjoy these characters that are not my jam? Right? <laughs> God. Oh. Yeah, those were good ones, though. That was yeah, very cool. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, as, speaking of our good folks at Critical Role, yeah, that, I'm loving I'm loving the new Alexandria Unlimited stuff. It's great. Did you get to watch the second one? I haven't watched the second episode yet, no. Okay, I just finished it the other day, and it, yeah, it they're delightful. I'm so pleased with everyone. All the characters are fucking cool, and it's fun to see people play D&D for the first time and have such polar opposite reactions to it like yeah. yeah it's it's very cool like robbie and amy have very different styles and they're both so good it's so good they're, yeah. they're so charming and wonderful and i i love we love to see it we love to see yeah it. yeah so if y'all haven't checked out exandria unlimited it's it's a lot of fun yeah and it's it's nice to know that there's not going to be 200 episodes that i fall behind on like <laughs> exactly like i'm still behind on you know, campaign two of Critical Role. So it's nice yep. to know that, like, I can finish this in a timely fashion, as is current. <laughs> yes, exactly. With with the rest of society. With the rest of the world, yeah. Because I, I just, I don't know how y'all do it. Especially, like, us East Coasters, like, staying up till fucking one in the morning on a Thursday. Like, I can't yeah, do that. I'm an old person. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm an old, like, I can make a valiant effort, but I will fall asleep in bed with my iPad on my lap. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a guarantee. It will happen. It will fucking happen. I I can't hope it, but yeah, that's been, that's been super fun, so I'm excited. I'm glad, I'm excited we're both watching at the same time, because, like, I keep, like, randomly telling you stuff about Campaign 2, and you're like, finally! 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you did that. Yay. That was 100 episodes ago, and now I'm, like, 30 episodes behind. But such such is the way. It's, it's yeah, it's nice to have a nice short series that we can just enjoy in a reasonable time fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and the first episode of Ether Sea dropped. Yes, I started first listening to that. So Yeah. Very excited. Very excited. Very, very cool to see uh, our good, good boys playing some, some new weirdos. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very excited about it. Very excited about it. As as usual, I'm already, like, half in love with Justin's character. I don't know how he does it, but he yeah, fucking does it. he just knows. He just knows what to do. He speaks to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my little goth heart. My little goth heart. <sighs> awesome. Well, thanks for another wonderful episode, Shannon. Thank you for another wonderful episode, Lynn. This was so fun. It was so fun. Do we have anything from anybody before we wrap up for... Uh, we do. I asked our our listeners if there was anything that they're super into right now or what they're up to. And our our good friend Josh, um, at Athasian Runner on Twitter, uh, he's working his way through the My Hero Academia manga. And nice. he's caught up on the show. And his kids and him are loving that and sharing it together, which is really cool. And he thinks it's time to get them into Ghost in the Shell which I'm fucking so psyched about. Oh, that's like, great. Like, I'm so excited for his kids to watch Ghost in the Shell. I've never met them, but everyone should watch Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely sure. Yeah. Um, and he said he recently read The Sea-Ringed World by M. Garcia Esperon and David O. Bowles or Bowles. I'm not sure how to say the name, but uh, he said it hit the mark for them, so he's telling other people about it. So, nice. The Sea-Ringed World, and if I did not pronounce the names correctly, I'm super sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it happens in the universe. That's awesome. It does. Yeah. Excellent. And I would like to shout out uh, Terry Miles, uh, who is the guy behind Tannis and, you know, the Black Tapes and Rabbits. He has a book out um, just called Rabbits that takes place within the world of that podcast, and I am three quarters of the way done with it, and holy shit, it's fucking sick. Oh, that's awesome. I will have to check it out. I remember hearing about that. I think you probably retweeted something. <laughs> it, it, it was probably me, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm pretty geeked on it, but um, yeah, so you would love it. You would fucking love it, but the, the book is dope as fuck, and as a first book by someone, like, hell yeah. Excellent. That's awesome. We love yeah. to see it. Heck yeah. You love to see it. Heck yeah, dudes. Another fun episode. In the books. Woo. And we're like definitely over time. So <laughs> on that note, I have been Lynn. And I have been Shannon. And we're like all we're almost to the spookiest time of the year. We're getting there. It's only another oh. like month and a half away. Like Heck yeah. Hang in there everybody. The spookies are coming. Spooks are coming. <laughs> just don't wear them now because the mosquitoes will get you yeah <laughs> vampires they're already it's already spooky mosquitoes are spooky all year round <laughs> yes yes very true very true <laughs> have a good one everybody we love you bye guys we love you bye, -bye.